Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Hello. Hello there. We are here. We are here. We have to address something. If you hear some staticky line interference. I think it has to do with the hard line that we are on and some issues that have been coming up around the area. So Yeah. And if you hear nothing then whatever. Yes. Just ignore okay. that. Ignore our <laughs> you know, precursor to we don't know if this is being a pain in the ass or not. So can we only hear this or can everybody hear this? <laughs> <laughs> he did the truth, he did the truth. <laughs> So, obviously, we have a wonderful uh, episode planned, and uh, at this point, we do our check-in, so how do you want to go, girl? You want to go first? Sure. Uh, Let's see, Elvira, how the hell am I? Um, Well, let's see. This week, I had to have an emergency dental appointment because I had some pain in my mouth. And I was really worried because I've had so many things done to my my mouth that I was concerned it was something terrible. Mm-hmm. And you know they poked and scraped and took X-rays and they're like, oh everything's fine. And then he so he's he's doing this thing where he's tapping on my teeth and having me tell him like what that feels like or whatever. I don't know. Right. Basically, I've been grinding my teeth and um, whatever you might call that. And clenching, not yep. the clenching my jaw so yep. much in my sleep that I basically like bruised my gums. Ooh. Basically, like he's all, you know, when you roll your ankle, that's that's what you've done to your gum tissue. And I was like, oh sweet, it could take up to a month to start feeling better. Cute. And then I just have to deal with it and can't chew on the right side of my mouth right now. Well, that's all fun. No, that's lame and stupid, and I don't like it. But really, I mean, I was just glad I didn't have to get, like, a 
filling or a root canal or something. Well, honey, I can totally understand that from where I've been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because no. I was like, I, I don't think I can afford a root canal. Yeah. I've I don't been. have dental insurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I have dental insurance. And, you know, it was a really funny way to get dental insurance because I was working at the time of being out of work. I was doing temp work. Yeah. And the company that, the main company that put me into um, the jobs offered dental and health if mm. you had been employed for a certain number of, you know, I guess it was uh, a certain number of days within the month and then you could get it. Yeah. And I didn't want it at the time. I was barely able to afford diddly because of what had happened. And so I took the dental. Yeah. To this day, I still have it. Nice. And it's, it's great compared to nothing and right. compared to a couple of the other right. dental insurance companies yeah. that I looked at and proceeded to look at and laugh a lot and yeah. stop functioning. Um, but it was for $16 a month, yeah. you know, I get the dental insurance. Well, I didn't realize. Now, understand I've had this for many years. Yeah. And I didn't realize what my deductible was. Oh. My deductible is, I think, like a thousand or two thousand dollars. Yeah, you have to get to that before right. they start paying. Right. Didn't even know that because I was busy. Yeah. You know, it was dental insurance. I could just something. You know, yeah. but then I kept wondering why I was. Why am I paying for? Why things? am I paying all this? Right. You know. Oh. So, you know, that's the insurance game. It is. But I feel sad that you don't have any. But. Eh, well, you know, it ended up being something I didn't have to pay $1,500 for, so that, that was good news. Good news. So, I mean, that's kind of my big excitement. I will, Oh, actually, I finished writing my first draft of my manuscript. What? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, I'm not going to read it again. I read through it, and I made edits to, like, you know, all the things and right. moved some things around. And I have a, uh, an artist working on some artwork for me, and that's not done yet because I'm technically 15 days early. Mm-hmm. So I am now sick with fear, and I am suffering from imposter syndrome like a mofo. And I emailed today. I emailed my editor, and I was like, "Hey, I don't have the artwork ready to send you, but I have it." demarcated where I want the artwork to go. Can I just send you the manuscript because I need to get it out of my hands because I'm going to puke. Like, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous uh-huh. now. So uh, I'm excited and terrified, and that's, well, and that's, you know. The birthing process. Yeah. It's just about ready. The baby is just having its contractions and ready yeah. to come. And I have to say, uh, the last section, so it's about God, working with deity, working with ancestors, and working with fae. Basically, it's the other world, right? Mm-hmm. And the the ancestors section is in the middle right now. I don't know if that's going to stay that way, but I worked on that one last. Mm-hmm. That's the, actually the part of the book I feel most challenged by. Mm-hmm. And then the last few weeks that I've been working on the ancestors section of the book, I've done all this ancestor work totally by accident. Mm-hmm. Today I found out that um, the Ancestry.com and 23andMe just uploaded a, uploaded a bunch of new DNA evidence into their system. Wow. So all these people have updated records. I pulled up my updated record, and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Like the Scandinavian showed up, which it didn't last time. If you remember, I was, mm-hmm. like, heartbroken because it mm-hmm. said I was only 2% Scandinavian when my grandfather was freaking born there. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's more than that. <laughs> but the the 8% Iberian has fallen away. That's mm-hmm. not in my DNA, apparently. And uh, well, and a 1% European Jew. 
that's new. That wasn't in my chart before, but I knew it yeah. because one of the names that I traced is a very Jewish name, and I was like, there must. And they left Germany to go to France. So I was like, they must have been Jewish. Right. So I was stoked to have that proven because yeah. I felt that in yeah. my bones, you know. Yeah. So anyway, teeth, which are ancestry. Yes, that's part of. It. I inherited my freaked up teeth from my father. Thank you, ancestry. Uh, you know, so that's kind of been my thing. I got very excited. Sorry, I should. I think it's great. I, you know, from having discussed the idea of being terrified about your book to yeah. having this, I think it's great. Ancestors, it's ancestors, cool. yeah. So how are you? Hey, uh, hmm. well, you know, it. It's been a very. I will, and I hate using the word intense because we always use that word, like, isn't it an intense week? Mm. But what I found is I've been dealing a lot with people's fears, mm. you know, meaning clients, yeah. friends, um, health crises mm-hmm. like yours where it's like we're not sure if it's really life-threatening or, you know, meaning in the sense of really important right. or if it's, it's more down, you know, drop it down a few notches yeah. um, between my own personal family and my friends and, you know, it's just, I mean, I get texts and calls and things about, you know, dreams people are having that are, you know, death dreams, but not mm. they're getting it, but people are saying, we dream that, you know, this happened to you or this happened to your family. and then mm-hmm. you know, It is scary when someone else dreams about you and yeah. and, and it's a creepy dream and then yeah. they're like, hey, I had a dream where you had this terrible thing happen to you. Nice talking to you. Bye. Like that's always. Exactly. And it's like, Ooh, what does this mean? Right. Is that for, about me or is that about you? Should right. I be worried or do you need to worry? Right. <laughs> yeah. And yet it was times, <laughs> literally. Right around 9-11, it was like yeah. I had Monday yeah. and Wednesday and some Tuesday, all of these things happening. Yeah. And I, you know, was aware, you know, because I try to keep up on astrology and, and just the generals, you know, Saturn going direct. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, you know. But then we still had Neptune. We still had Neptune and Pluto. Right. Retrograde. And we're getting ready for Venus retrograde. And Venus retrograde. But then we're also getting ready for Pluto to go direct right. by the end of this month. So, yeah. you know, kind of the tweaking, but it was the deep stuff. It was always emotional. Yeah. And I kept looking at it going, okay, we're churning the waters and we've got the entire country already on that energy wavelength of, you know, remembering. Yeah what 9-11 was, right. where were you, and all the other stuff. Right. And I, so I kind of had everybody kind of moving, including myself, to a better place. And then, you know, some other things go on that are humorous that would be more personal to clients. But it was there were good things that happened. Yeah. Or yeah. stranger, funnier things. It's always strange, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, <laughs> you know, the idea that, oh, I will give you one, you'll love this one. Um I wound up planning to get my door locks on my car changed because one side, and they're not electric, they're old. Right. My car's 20 years old. Right. It's like, you know, it has ancient things. <laughs> vintage. Vintage, vintage. And they don't, <laughs> there's not electronics that, you know, have beepers and things. Yeah. So I got, I was already planning on doing that today and, and getting the locks changed because one lock has not been able to be unlocked from the outside mm. for about four years. Yeah. And, you know, makes getting a passenger in and out pain in the ass. Sure. Um, so here I was all excited about that, and I set the money aside, and I was just like, oh, my, that's like great. And so <laughs> good news, bad news. I get it done, 
and it's half the price of what they told me. Yay. Yay, I had this extra money that I had set aside. The bad news, I got my IRS um, uh, and my extension, uh, and I got my IRS notification, you know, what yeah. I owed them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that was short-lived. Yeah. And then some, and I laughed, and I was like, okay. And I deal with this really nice lady. And <laughs> she said, I had somebody else call you to tell you what was going on. I knew you'd need to think about it. So I did. And yeah. I came into her, her office and I got the paperwork and we talked and we, you know, discussed some other things. And, and she was like, I said, see, you did right. I didn't, and I wasn't going to get upset because even when the, the lady that you had called, I was just like, I kind of went like silent and then went, oh, <laughs> which is usually the one that you know the other shoe dropped. Right. And so I was, but. Even that got fixed today. I sure. got all of that taken care of. Nice. So I did do adulting. I did, and I, I was, you know, I didn't lose my cool. I didn't cry and scream. <laughs> I didn't come home and kick the dogs. You know, I was really good. <laughs> you know, so all in all, um, I kind of went, oh well, you know, and here we are at the show. And Yay! I was laughing because I was trying to do the the uh, research for this. Yeah. I was having a hell of a time. Yeah, I was too. You know, it wasn't that there aren't any healing gods or goddesses. It's that there are so many. Right. And we've already done several shows right. on several specific gods. On yeah. specific, you know, yeah. Yeah. that it got covered in. So I had to keep pulling their information and putting it aside and pulling mm-hmm. it aside and then finding other things. And then it was mentioned there was like a piece here and a piece there. And I went... Are you kidding? So it's going to be a very interesting show. Yes. As always, right, everybody? (laughs) Which is, you know, kind of neat. I kind of went, okay, I've learned a few things. Yeah. So with that, shall we delve in? Ta-da! Healing goddesses. Yay. So let's see how we want to throw it at everybody. Sure. Well, it was interesting that you started out Last week, we we ended and you started making a joke yeah. about the alphabet. Just going to read the list. Just read the list. Right. Um, it's funny because there are a few lists out yeah. there yeah. that are totally alphabetical. Yeah. And um, so we're going to take different things, I think, yeah. and use them rather than all Just of, read the list. Just read the list. Yeah. We promise you that. Well, I think, you know, it's if you already work with a deity... There isn't any reason that a god that's not specifically a god of healing mm-hmm. can't help with healing. Exactly. And uh, so that's something to start with. Like, if you already work with specific deities, then talk to those deities first. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the type of healing I would like to work on. Are you the right ally for that work? Or who do you recommend? <laughs> Like, you know, going to your GP and asking, you know, for specific. Right. I'd like a referral (laughs) to the right healing god. What do you say? Right. But but seriously, though, I think most gods can handle most situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And if there isn't a a deity that you specifically work with, then you might want to start narrowing the field down because there are hundreds of gods that are related to healing. So what is it the healing you're looking for? Right. You know, like, for instance, they had a list, and I was sitting here going, oh, look, it's it, about deities that specific, like poison. Yeah. 
plague, right? You know, so there was specific only one that really specialized in poisonous herbs, right? You know, to to whatever you might hurt yourself with and you need to deal with. You yeah. know, um, that is another thing that the internet is really great at, but then yeah. you need to make the personal contact, right, with them, right? Just because there is a deity of a specific healing modality that you are looking for help in doesn't necessarily mean that that deity is going to be available or ready to work with you. Right. It's, you still have to develop a relationship with that spirit, and that can take time, right. which is why starting with your own pantheon is your best mm-hmm. bet. Because you've it, already put the time yeah, in. exactly. It's interesting because one of the things that I was noticing when I – there was a there was a kind of a – you know, that healing and compassion are the levels that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But that some illnesses, and I think we talked about this, some actual the physical things, they're illnesses that are injuries to the mind and the spirit. Right. And what you deal with with the deities is not immediate physical healing. Like, right. bam, you know, it happens and, and there you are. It has to be that you work on it. Yeah. And work on the backstory, so to speak. Right. And then you, once you get the movement and things, then you remember that if you know you do get the healing, that you do change the the things that you put together to make the issue the way it was. Right. You know. So you know you change how to make it lasting. You change things. And right. That's part of. You know, so when you deal with a healing deity, you just don't go, okay, I really need this healing, and then bam, right. walk away from them right, right. after the situation is because they did a great job, and now you're healed and you go off and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So. And also keeping in mind, you know, healing ha- happens. Let me start that again. <laughs> healing has to happen on several levels, even if you're just dealing with a physical ailment. It, right. it like I. Uh, you know, sort of expanding on what you were just saying, mm-hmm. it is also impacting your emotional and your spiritual body. Mm-hmm. And the thing that when I talk about healing, um, our, it, our physical body heals the slowest because right. it's the densest. Right. So if we can work sort of inward, starting with our spiritual body and our emotional body, and that's my way of looking at people. Not everyone believes that, and you don't have to believe that. It's fine. But the way I look at us is we have these three bodies. Mm -hmm. The spirit body is the furthest one out. That's kind of the aura. Mm -hmm. The emotional body is a little bit closer. And then our physical body is obviously, you know, this is the bag of flesh and bones that we walk right. around with. Right. But if you can work your way out from that spirit body that's more easily influenced into your physical body, you may have a better opportunity to find healing. And that's why starting with a deity or invoking a deity right. or calling on a deity to help you can also be beneficial because they can impact your spirit body more right. easily as well. Right, right. So what kind of deities? I know, you know, the, okay, I think... Most of the cultures, now I'm not saying the goddess thing, you know, the the aspects of the goddess, but most people immediately think of Asclepius. Right. And because, quite frankly, the medical profession really kind of utilized him as a a tool. He's still kind of around. So, I mean, that's one. And that's a male energy, but that's also, you know, one energy that, and he isn't really a deity. Right. He's the son of Apollo, and I think Karina, 
Coronia. Coronia. So he's like a demigod? He's a demigod, yeah. really. And actually Zeus killed him well, because he... Big surprise, yeah, Zeus ruins everything. Yeah, he, he thunderbolted <laughs> him to death because he... Thunderbolted him to death. Man, I am going to tweet that. <laughs> Please. I'm doing it right now. I'm pulling out my phone. I'm going on Twitter, and I am quoting Elvira right here. Thunderbolted him to death. Go on. <laughs> well, it, and it's funny because when I read this, I'm going, okay, so this guy who's doing really good, he cut, you know, he he learned his healing skills by through being taught by Chiron the Centaur, who's kind of like this this very big wig kind of centaur that teaches a lot of you know the the demigods and gods and all that, and then. He goes on to do his thing, right, in a great library and a great temple, and then his his um, followers and you know they chant and they and the problem was is they they were chanting and they were chanting bringing the dead to life and so Zeus get upset well, that yeah. they were changing the way of nature and you know karma and so he kills Asclepius with a thunderbolt. That's Zeus. And I get so jealous. You know so. I mean, so in in um, in in light of all of that, I went well. Okay, that that kind of tells you what I feel about the Greek pantheon a lot of times. Um, <laughs> thunderbolted and, him to death. Everyone, to death. write this down. Yes, he was thunderbolted to death. Well, what's interesting is. Uh, doing research for the show today, I was looking, again, at different cultures and different mm-hmm. deities. And what uh, I found fascinating is a lot of Eastern cultures don't actually have specific deities. And I'm super generalizing right now, people, mm-hmm. when I say Eastern cultures. Right. Um, but many of these cultures don't use specific deities. They use uh, well-respected physicians from ancient times that are basically deified, right. but they're more like ancestors of healing, right? which makes sense because most Eastern cultures have ancestor reverence really built into their right. flow of life. But right. I was really into that concept, like these amazing ancient physicians that, you know, and we sort of do that here, like what's the name of the dude that invented penicillin? Good point. I'm not going to remember. But we talk about him all the time, you yeah. know, and how he, all of these, Louis Pasteur, who came up with and the Marie authorization. And and, all these yeah, all, we sort of idealize them, but yeah. not quite in the same way. Like, yeah. I don't know that anyone's calling on those people when they're in. No, because that's Western medicine. Right. Western medicine looks at the achievements, not at the people. Right. Whereas you have we'll just go the Eastern culture, has the fact that they obviously look at this as a skill and mm. a gift right. that is passed. And they, they so they have that. And, you know, and it's funny you would say that because I kept reading all these different, you know, things about the different healers. And, and we got to China and Japan and, you know, there. And it's all about this person, great healing physician, and right. this person, you know, and their names that I wouldn't even try to pronounce. Yeah. But it was really interesting to see that. Yeah. For yeah. that reason. I mean, obviously, one of the main ones that most of us think about is Kuan Yin. Right. And you know, she, because of her great compassion. Right. She holds the suffering. Yes. And And sometimes when you're dealing with illness, you're suffering. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's, 
you know, they're, they're, she comes to, you know, basically to rescue the, those from deep suffering mm-hmm. and helping in that way. So there is that. Yeah. And um, it's interesting that the mere utterance of her name yeah. brings salvation. Right. So, you know, intoning and chanting and things like that, I was really kind of, you know, I've always had a soft spot for her. Sure. And for some, you know, amazing reason, she seems to keep popping up as, you know, things that come into my life. Mm-hmm. But it was never because I chose to look for her. Right. Yeah, the more you, the the beautiful thing about a lot of Eastern culture is the, the whole process of chanting is you're actually helping to not only work through your own shit, but you're elevating that spirit, that deity, that entity, however you want to look at it. So as you say the chants and the incantations and you, you go through the prayer process, right. you're helping it exponentially grows, right? right? And I think with Kuan Yin, like uber healing energy, but the times where I've been the most distraught, the most broken, mm-hmm. right? Like when I've needed spiritual and emotional healing mm-hmm. and not just physical healing. Mm-hmm. I have sat every morning and done prayer and, and done the, the Tibetan beads and chanted mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. It's amazingly powerful to feel that. And that's an unbroken lineage of practice for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, yeah, yeah. Sounds really off. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, it's definitely that. It's brings that energy of an unbroken lineage into it. And that's another reason why even in, well, now the Christian religion and the the chants that go on and Mm -hmm. the prayers and the psalms and, you know, the things that are there is because of those things. Unfortunately, uh, the goddess energies, the deities that have come through from more ancient times had a breaking right. because of what has happened. But, you know, I look at it and I go, if I feel this is representational, mm-hmm. then I'll work with it. Right. And, and even right. now we have in a more modern version many chants, many songs that we sing in goddess circles mm-hmm. that have that power because oh, yeah. it's, it's taken on by all these women and just because it's only, only, 20, 30, 40 years old mm-hmm. and versus something that's 2,000, 4,000 years old, right. it's still right. powerful. Right. Yeah, if it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting because as we were talking, <laughs> I was looking at, it's funny because you said that and I found, you know, A's and B's and C's <laughs> and B's. And, uh, you know, as they say, some of them are, are there, some of them are, are different, but um, we've definitely uh, worked with several of them, and I, mm-hmm. I found... Uh, what if we... So let's do this. I have a suggestion. Well, let's suggest. Mm. Let's take our break now. Okay. And get that out of the way, and then when we come back, we can share some of the ones that we might use have used or or have worked with, and then we can just name some ones that we think sound cool. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Okay, okay then we're going to take a break. We're taking a break. Be back. Bye. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned. 
as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. We have another show that has been added to our roster, and next week we will make sure that our um, advertisement will include that new show. Yeah. Lady Mutants. And uh, I actually don't remember, I apologize for the name of it, but it's one of the air members that has, uh, her show, I guess, was transferred over to the network. Mm. I know nothing about it, so that is it. Okay. So let's just dive in and see what we come up with. So, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite goddess? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, obviously I use Hikate, yeah. you know, and that's pretty much she's my go-to girl Yeah. Um, for a lot of it, uh, especially because of the, the energy that I've established with her. Right. And she is the goddess of magic and mystery and, you know, some of the other things other than death and, you know, the underworld. <laughs> but um, I really feel comfortable communing with her. Mm-hmm. And since she has the threefold aspect anyway as part of what she's folded into, right. I can feel comfortable with her. A lot of times um, I just, well, I have an altar, which we were just talking about, to her, but I will, I will, I will, Stand there, and I will talk. Yeah. And I tend to, I tend to deal with my deities. Um, once I've established a relationship, I talk with them. Yeah. And I, you know, I may make a special prayer or special request, but I have, I just feel it's kind of like this is my friend, and I need to talk with them and need to find out what help I can get. Mm-hmm. So I treat her with reverence and honor, but I also treat her with the sense that I have a communion with her. Yeah. So uh, a lot of that is that. And interesting enough, I had something come up in the family, and I did need to deal with uh, particularly that. I actually decided I was going to use, um, I was going to use Kuan Yin. That's it was very interesting mm. because I just felt there was something that I needed in that energy for my family member that was the appropriate thing. Yeah. And uh, so that was that was what I would do. And, and again, with her, I was basically chanting mm-hmm. and, you know, doing a, a humming and, you know, just that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then, of course, working with different energy patterns like stones and herbs and water, I, it's communing with the elements. Right. As well, yeah. So, who is your go-to with person? Bridget. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so Bridget. 
I've been thinking about this a lot just because of the, again, with writing the book, like who who it is I go to for what purpose. And mm-hmm. um, although Bridget is not the first goddess that was a part of my life, she's the first goddess I ritually dedicated myself to. And, you know, she's, again, a, a three-part, mm-hmm. trifold, a three faces type of goddess, and one of those faces is healing. And we actually, we did a whole show about Hecate yes, and Bridget. Bridget. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and not Kuan Yin, though. We haven't done a whole show. We haven't done Kuan Yin. We did Demeter, Isis, Bridget, Caridwen, Athena. Yeah. Yeah, we did Freya. Okay. Yeah. So there's you know, if you want to hear all about Bridget or Hecate, they're out there on the yeah. on the show's listings. But Bridget is who I go to and um you know, her healing form is connected to water, to the ocean. Um, and there's a very strong focus on midwifery and bringing life into the world and, and sending life away at, at death. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be a, guard, a guardian of the portal of one side and not understand right. that being a guardian on the other side. Right. Um, but that, too, I often will go to or call on if there's some sort of healing thing mm-hmm. that I want assistance with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then my, my other goddess that has been a part of my life for longer than Bridget is Morgan Le Fay, who I understand some people don't view as goddess, but I do. And, you know, she is a, a priestess of Avalon. She guards the other world. Mm-hmm. She understands magic. Mm-hmm. So where Bridget understands plants and and creation and more of the tangibleness. I right. feel like Morgan Le Fay is more the, un, the the mystery of it. Right, right. Um, you know, and she takes Arthur, in that myth, mm-hmm. she takes Arthur away to Avalon so that he will slumber until he is ready to return as the king, right? right? So right. she also knows when when sleep is needed, mm-hmm. when when to just go into the quiet. Right. So... But that's, you know, there's those those aspects that we are aware of and we deal with in our deities. Right. They have different ones. I mean, you know, thinking of ones that we have not talked about, but, you know, I mean, you have Artemis, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she's part of, which seems interesting, childbirth, but um, the fact that she also is very much, she is someone who... Um, protects mm-hmm. the female. Right. And in that protection is health. Right. Right. And a lot especially with Artemis, a lot of women died in childbirth. Exactly. And so you would call on Artemis and and if she granted your boon, you would not die in childbirth. Exactly. It's, it was a you know, it's still a scary prospect, but it was much scarier. Yeah. Yeah. It gave, you know, they gave she gave strength and, you know, the the sense of um courage. Yeah which in healing issues you need, mm-hmm. based with whatever it may be from a tooth to anything else, right. it became part of it. So yeah. there's, you know, she's there. One of the other ones that I noticed um, was, and this one I loved, was Bonadilla, yeah. the Roman goddess of yeah. fertility. But she's, you know, and she obviously is also chastity, which I thought was fertility and chastity kind of making Well, sure. You know, the other side. But... She also deals with, you know, the diseases and disorders of relating to fertility. And that was another thing. A lot of the goddesses, I think, not all of them, but a lot of them were about 
just that, the fertility, the issues of disease and illness around childbirth and, you know, having children and taking care of, you know, nursing and whatever. So there are a lot of them that you will see that are either, you know, um, birth mothers or mother deities that tend to be parts of the healing process. Right. So um, Bonadi is actually Roman, but we forgive her. Italian. Italiano. Um, I really love Ermid, who is a Irish goddess. Yes. Yeah, and she's real. The reason I love Ermid, she's really connected to plants. Mm-hmm. So there is something about growth and health and the healing power of plants and and the relationship with green bloods in general. Like mm-hmm. having a really, I feel like she Ermid to me feels like the patron goddess of all herbalists. Yes, you know that's she's got this. Um, She's a, a, a goddess that I, I know in passing. She's an acquaintance, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, there's a softness mm-hmm. and a, and a, a, a patience mm-hmm. with her that mm-hmm. I find almost rare in deity. Sometimes right. deity can be impatient because we're humans and we're idiots. Humans just don't get it. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I just I, I talk about this in in the book about, you know, sometimes we're like toddlers. Right. When it comes yeah. to interacting with deity. And so they may have patience with us, but it, you also lose your patience at a certain level. And some of us are more patient than others. Right. And Aramid feels endlessly patient. Endlessly patient. It's interesting because when you go into, um, we're skipping around different deities, different cultures. Yeah. I mean, that was Celtic, and we talked about Roman, and, of course, we've talked about the Asian, um, is that you have um, both, and we talked about Asclepius, but it's interesting because Asclepius' wife, Epone, not Epona, Epone, was the goddess of soothing of pain. Mm. And then you hit Hygienia, which is the daughter of Asclepius, and um, she's the goddess of cleanliness and good health. And then you have, was it, ESO. She's the goddess of recuperation from illness. She's also a daughter of Asclepius. I want to go back to this cleanliness and health thing for just sure, a minute. Sure, go for it. If you don't mind. No problem. Just, uh, if, I always like to remind folks when we talk about deity, we have to remember culture. Mm-hmm. You have to remember culture. So I can't I speak to what, what specifics were happening at the birth of this daughter of Asclepius. I can't speak to what the humans were doing at that point. <laughs> but, but our cleanliness has changed. Once upon a time, it was considered very unclean to bathe. Yes, true. You know, so we also have to keep that in mind. And I think that's probably later than Asclepius' children would have mm-hmm. existed. Because that's more Romans and they love to get into they, baths. Yeah, baths and sweating and scraping and all kinds yeah. of gross shit. They did it, <laughs> but it was uh, that's probably more like middle right. ages and yeah, kind of the, we got all prudish and weird. Yeah, we you don't want to get naked in the water. You never know what might get you. Right, right. <laughs> in heavens, heavens to Betsy. Yeah, it caused it, Ill, it caused illness to be naked in the water. <gasps> oh my goodness, being naked in water is the best thing ever. I really by the way. think so. P.S. Yes, that's it. <laughs> really, and um, uh, okay. Aceso, uh, mm. goddess of healing process, represents responsibility for healing wounds and curing illnesses. Another daughter of Asclepius. Thank you, Asclepius, oh, for all you your brought points. in a lot in here. And then Clearly. Panacea. Yes. 
Panacea is one I'm familiar with. Yes, and she's Universal Remedy. She's also a daughter of Clay. Yeah, and if you're familiar with the word panacea, it's still used. Yes, it is. You know, it's the cure-all. The cure-all. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of goddesses that came out of Asclepius, even though he's a demigod and he got thunderbolted. Poor guy. I know, but he produced many, many healing Many, many goddesses. So you have, these are, and those are the ones that were specific. Like, I think what you see is in certain cultures, they started to dissect yeah. things. Whereas in some of the other cultures, you have, you go to this this energy, this deity, and it was everything. It was healing, period. And you dealt right. with the whole process. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Another goddess that I really love to call on for healing is Isis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Egyptian goddess, and she, she is one of uh, another one of those goddesses that has a lot of jobs. Yep. Uh, you know, but she helps to bring Osiris back to life. She resurrects him. Mm-hmm. She collects all of his parts and pieces, and then she turns into her bird self and and flies just over him, uh, using her wings to fan healing life back right. into him. Right. Right. Uh, and she she's also very patient. To a certain mm-hmm. extent, mm-hmm. not I don't think as much as Airmen, but no. Um, but another good one to work with if yeah. you're looking for healing and and maybe a different pantheon than you know Mediterranean or Celtic. Right, I know Hecate. Hecate. Hecate, Egyptian Hecate. Egyptian, yeah. Egyptian Hecate, goddess of health and wellness, and incorporated you know medicine you know practitioners into the medicine began to you know bring that process. So I think you've got. Um, You've got it. It's it's medicine, not just magic. Mm-hmm. But she was part of of that process. So, and even Bast of the Egyptians mm. was was considered, you know, helpful in the mental and physical health right area. So Kitty Cat Sackman, on the other hand, not exactly. She's a little more volatile. Mm-hmm. But Bast definitely. But the one I love, mm-hmm. Coventina. Coventina. I, I've heard this name, but I do not know her. Coventina is the healing waters. Oh. She is the, you know, basically the gentle, creative power of healing. Mm. And she, again, you've got the general energy of the watershed and the waters and the patron of, you know, the, the healing springs, which Sulis is also part of. Right. Sulis, who is Celtic. Exactly. Yeah. And see, Coventina actually is. British, hmm. and but she is part of that. She kind of became the Roman side of the thing right. of the process, but she was part of a, a sacred goddess of the well, and it became yeah. a healing spring, and you know, kind of like the the um, lords hmm. in France, hmm. the healing water. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of different um, waterways or or wells or what have you, springs that are in England and Wales and. In the U.K. and Ireland in general that are named after different deities that were used for healing mm-hmm. before Roman times. Exactly. Well before Roman times. And Sulis is one of those goddesses. I love Sulis. Mm-hmm. There is a, uh, if you've ever been to the U.K. or if you've ever heard of Bath mm-hmm. in England, mm-hmm. Bath is a, it, they have still have an old Roman bathhouse, basically, mm-hmm. and it's a museum, and you can right. go in and you can drink the water and taste it and see all of the old things that were there. You can walk on the 
same stone that Julius Caesar walked on, and it's pretty freaking amazing. It's the first place that I cried when I visited the UK. Right. But that was before the Romans came. It was a the spring was mm-hmm. for Aguasulis. Right. It was a healing spring of Sulis. And then when the Romans came, they were like, oh, Sulis is kind of like Minerva. So it became Sulis Minerva. Right. And then the Romans went there and worshipped healing. And this this place in Bath has been a place of healing until really modern times. Mm-hmm. Even the Victorians would go and they would take the waters. Yes. And now it's become a little bit more um, like there's a like massage and that kind of healing. Awesome. But yeah, but it doesn't happen in the temple compound. It's more in the no. town of Bath. It's right. still got a little bit of that pagan esque flavor to it, but it's also got a lot of Roman or not Roman Victorian stuff right. going right. on. Right. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend going there. <laughs> and it's funny because I wanted to go there, but we made it as far as Glastonbury. Yeah. And we had to turn around because we were supposed to get on a plane and fly to Edinburgh and Scotland and we got lost up there for a while. But, yeah, I, it was kind of like, huh, you know, but mm-hmm. there's still just so much so much to do. Yeah. So little time to do it in when you're on trips. But um, an interesting changing woman is a Native American. Mm-hmm. It's about self-renewing and, she, you know, to teach honor of all na- natural cycles so right. within and around us. So I think not that we're talking about appropriation because obviously there are others that are, you know, Yemaya and other yeah. uh, Orishas and uh, energies that we talk about. But since we kind of aren't part of that practice, yeah, it kind of makes it hard for us to say, oh, I'll do this because Just of the question is, yeah. How do you know? Right, yeah, especially with the Orisha, the Afro-Caribbean gods, it's a really good idea if you are not initiated in one of those traditions. If you're feeling called to one of those deities to work with for healing, then go and get a reading or go and get a consultation with a practitioner of that faith so that you're getting real advice and you're doing it the correct way. Exactly. And I think I would also recommend that with Hindu deity, although I think they're probably a little bit more accessible. But, you know, go talk to someone that can give you clear advice on how to best work with that deity. Mm-hmm. Because I know that we, when you read things in, well, the Internet and books, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, yeah. you're going to see a bunch of different things that are going to say, well, these are people, this is the deity that works with this. But right. if you're, and it's because there are ways to approach some of them like, you know, Hakate, who's a titan that was demoted in one sense to work with the Olympians. But, uh, you know, you have a different feel. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, thank you for remembering me. And so, right. you know, that kind of a thing. Whereas others are jealously guarded. Yeah. And yeah. you want to honor what they're doing. And if it doesn't come up that you're really, you know, allowed or, you know, it's appropriate. Yeah. Well, there's specific ways to work with those gods so that they understand what you're doing and what you're talking about and who you are and right. and to make sure you're you're getting your requests granted. Exactly. Yeah, you want to be respectful. Very respectful. It's always a good idea. And, um, you know, I mean, we've got – but when you're talking about Celtic and Mediterranean, uh, you know, Greek and Roman and, you know, some of the others, you have – because of the way things have worked – they became, the chain was broken. Right. And the other chains that we see that we say be aware and be respectful, even the Native American ones, the ones oh, here. Oh, most definitely. They are still part of a culture. Even 
uh, ones that are from the Samoan and the Polynesian. Yep. You know, it's yep. You got to be respectful. You got to be respectful because we broke chain there through various things. Right. And those that kept that chain strong, it's not about suddenly, you know, going. I have the feel. I'm going to go and and be. It's like right. And it's not saying I'm sorry that we are white hole white white assholes that did stupid stuff to you. Right. But. Right, it's being respectful and approaching it with reverence and understanding your place in the scheme of things. And in the end, what we what we were talking about with the DNA and the ancestry, what we find is, is we are everything. Yeah. You know, the concept of purity is pretty limited these days in terms of the actual DNA structure. Right. And if I were looking at genetics, I would say that that's part of what's allowing us to evolve. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. sidebar, not to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought the one, I mean, it's interesting. Again, this is another water water goddess. Yeah. Sharona. Of course, there's a lot of water goddesses. A lot right? of that water makes, goddesses. That makes sense. And, you know, with the sulfur springs and the things that are part of that. And it's, it's interesting because even here, Mm-hmm. We talk about even okay, so the West Coast, the East Coast was taking the waters, right? You know, um, going to the baths, yep. and you know the springs. Yep. It wasn't we 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 kind of as as the American white people or whatever we we kind colonizers, of, right, yeah, <laughs> kind of went on a on a you know a thing, whereas the the, the more we're like, oh, what a novel idea. Let's go and relax in the hot springs. And the native people of the land were like, yeah, we've been doing that since the dawn of time. Oh. Good job catching up, people. Right. And yeah. yet, of course, in Europe and things, they do still have those, and they still yeah. are revered, and they are considered yeah. places to go. And there are those places still, in the, and in the United States, you can definitely, definitely find places where there are hot springs and healing waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's often, you know, spas or things built around them, but it's definitely an interesting concept to go and check out yeah. and see if you can connect to the spirits of the land there. Exactly. Maybe it's not necessarily a deity, but if this place is revered for the healing water and people go there to take in the healing water or to soak in the healing water or whatever... See if you can connect to spirits of the land there. Maybe you're not going to get the native name and what that native tribe called it, but the spirit still lives there. Yes. And if you can honor it and thank it and ask it for a boon or a blessing, mm-hmm. then you're honoring that spirit of the land and that's keeping it alive right. too, you know, and not taking it for granted. Exactly. So, yeah, because the spirits of the land can also, especially in places where we go, this this place here on the map is a place of healing. There's no doubt spirits that live there that help it be a exactly. place of healing. Exactly. And yeah. it can be, you know, the forest. It yeah. doesn't have to just be the water. Right. But it's, you, you pick that, you, you feel it, you, you know it, and right. you talk to the spirit. And sometimes it can be in your backyard and it could be a tree. Right. It could be a piece of the land that you go visit in a park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when my husband was alive, there were two places he would go. One was Armstrong Woods for the for the Redwoods, and there was another place in a, a park near us with a trail that goes up and lots of, you know, Redwoods, and there was one Redwood tree he would always go and hang with, and yeah. that was his, you know, go-to structure of, of spiritual energies and healing and, and whatever. And I, you know, so it isn't always 
a specific deity. Right. It may be an element. It yeah. may be a place that that element holds itself strong in. Right. I know that uh, last week I went and did work at the ocean. Right. And it was really important for me to do this, and I found the strength to to clear out stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily in California, don't, Northern California, you don't go in the ocean. Really? It's cold. It's very cold and stuff. But that was what I, I found was that, that process of, of that. Right. I think that's really important when we're talking about healing deities, healing energies, healing, you know, we were talking about different types of healing last week, yeah. and, and now we're looking at patterns that we call deities, spirits that we call deities, and the elements themselves. Right. And, you know, they named the baths Sulas, and they right. named the, the, the spring Coventina, and, right. you know, that was what they, they saw, but it's spirit whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. And I really, uh, I get kind of like, yes. <laughs> we, we, I love to close things in the, in the, in the images that we have perceived or have been perceived of these places or right. these deities. But I also have to think the basics of what really came, why they came into being, mm-hmm. and where you can go with that. Right. And um, right, it is available. It is available, and I know that you know. As I say, we we had lists. And we were not kidding. We have lists. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, and I mean, you can go onto the Google Net and type yes. in healing goddesses, and you will find lists upon lists. Oh yes, upon you will. Or healing deities, or yes. health deities, or and they'll give you everything from modern to Etruscan down right. to you know the yep. Yoruban and Inuit. Right. <laughs> But then you got to know what to do with that information. Right, and that's know? when, if you get that that deity, then you start researching it. Right. Who are they? How do they work? What What are they connected to that you might be able to build an altar with or give them offerings for? If, you know, if they are connected to a specific kind of tree, maybe you go and find one of those trees where you live and, right. you know, find these different ways to commune and connect with that deity. And I think we've probably had a whole show about that, haven't we? We did. I mean, there was a We must have. We have. We've gone through several permeations of, of levels and things that we've been looking at and how we want to talk about magic and spirit and, yeah. and the goddess. And, you know, we'll even throw the god in there yeah. occasionally. Yeah. You know, that guy. Yeah. The guy. Male or energy. Um, male or, now that tells you. Male energy. Yes. We don't put them through the U.S. Postal Service. Not often. So, um, but, again, it's also what is your background. Some of us have done the DNA test, and mm-hmm. we come up with, oh, we have, we actually have, you know, Japanese blood in us. We also have, you know, this. And so look at it. Yeah. Find, because maybe that's part of the reanimating. Right. Of that energy. Right. And I think we're... Uh, We've got so much, and I'm like, going, what else can I say? What else can I not say yeah. about the, the healing deities? But just, I think, start as we started in the beginning. If you have a particular deity you have a relationship right. with. Start there. Start there. And then find out. I mean, of course, as, we, as I said, you know, I have a sign. One of my deities is Sekhmet. But I don't think I'd go to her yeah. for, you know, the kind of healing that I would need in right. terms of yeah. 
Yeah, one of mine is Baba Yaga, and I definitely would not go to her for healing. Right. That's not how she works mostly. Right. Yeah. So there, there are things, but you yeah, know, you, you, you can. It's what comes forth. Right. And this is always about your intuition and the internal feeling. Right. That hits your gut. Yeah. Of that, and then find somebody to you know maybe ask a couple of questions about. There are always people, um, either Phoenix, myself. Um, that's what Ask a Witch is about. Yeah. You know, you can always you know, bring that up as to something you find you'd like to ask about something. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my favorite thing to talk about, deity stuff. I know, I know. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so next week. Next week. We're doing the crone or the sage. Right. And not the plant. Right. What it is to come of age. <laughs> Finally. And we'll probably talk about, you know, menopause and stuff like that too, right? Like the time where you shift your energy. My from. second most favorite thing to talk about, menstruation. Well, there you go. It's the opposite side of the coin. Yeah. First favorite thing, talking about deities. Second favorite thing, bleeding. <laughs> i got to admit, that's, that's kind of interesting. I know I get to find out more about my co-hosts on the oh, show as yeah. she, she talks. Um, and I'm actually not being sarcastic. If you, get, you could get me on a roll talking about bleeding and menstruation and, <laughs> and how irritated I am about our culture and how they feel about menstruation and how I'm a big pain in the ass about... Uh, Charles Porterfield, one of our dear friends who is a former member of AIR, uh-huh. he and I have had many long conversations about having... Positive feelings of menstruation, <laughs> because that is my goal to destigmatize the blood that sheds well, from my body. We have worked on, you know, reclaiming witch, <laughs> reclaiming prayer, and now reclaiming now menstruation. Red menstruation. And yes, fascinating as, as all this is. I'm looking at this thing. Well, we certainly have an interesting remedy on how to deal with what's going on in the world. We talk about different things on this show and we, we might at times get a little bit wild about what's happening in yeah. the outside world. Yeah. But we come here and actually it's a lot of fun to just sort of lose <laughs> ourselves in what this yeah, is about. Absolutely. But um, yeah. so yes, healings and Healing. age and I did want to share one little thing which kind of tripped me out. I I'm kind of every once in a while done that I have gotten to the age that I am mm. because it's just there and sure. I say it and people look at me. I had to go pick up um, some sandals that I had uh, taken care of at a shoemaker and he's a nice guy and, and I've gotten a really nice rapport with him fixing belts and things for me. And so there was something we were talking about and he mentioned, you know, um, talking about my, my kids and my, my daughter and yeah. something, and he looked at me, and he, he goes, how old is your daughter? And I told him, 32, she'll be 33. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and then he, I knew what he was it's He's doing like, the math in his head. He's trying to figure out how old I am. Yeah. So I just look at him, and I very calmly say, I'm 30, I'm 66, I'll be 67 this year. Yeah. And he, it was like there was a, again, he was thunderbolted. Um, <laughs> he kind of stood there staring. And I could tell he was trying to figure out how this worked. Right. And I and I, it made me feel really good, but it was also one of those things like my brain says, I'm not that age, really. Right. I don't see it as that age. Yeah. 
and yet sometimes I turn around and I look and there is no one around around me, and I'm the forerunner of whatever you know age yeah, bracket. Yeah. It makes me very kind of like, oh, yeah. oh my God. No, I, so, I I mean, yeah, I turned 40 this year, so I'm like, you're getting that. What a what the hell? Yep. How did yep. this happen? So we'll be talking, and you know when we talk about crown and sage, the aspect of an elder yeah. and the dynamics. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to also talk about what it was then. Right. Because age was a lot shorter. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? we so, were, my daughter and I were just talking about that last yeah. night. Um, there was something about, she had heard this thing about the Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about how he had... Sexually assaulted a, a young girl, and I was like, I don't think that's true. I think that's propaganda. So we <laughs> looked it up, uh-huh. and the story is Muhammad's wife was nine years old. Oh my gosh! But if you think about the timeline of when Muhammad would have existed, nine yeah. years old was young, but it wasn't that young. Oh, it wasn't because very shortly they became puberty pubescent right. and right because childbearing. the way it would have worked is they would have been betrothed at nine and then at twelve legally. Binded, right? So their sexual relationship would have started at twelve, right? And again, I was like, yeah, I get that that sounds terrible, but that's actually not that unusual. Yeah, so age is different than it is is, what, or than it was, than it was, and what it is now. Yeah, like. So I think it's our time. Yeah, time to go. It's time to go. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.